Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. I am so glad for Genesis 13.1. Abraham made a wrong choice. He made decisions based on what was practically right instead of living by faith. And he went down into Egypt. But praise the Lord, Genesis 13.1 says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. He didn't have casualties from this mistake. There can be a lot of times where there's fallout from our bad choices. And praise God, Abram didn't. But he came back. When we fall, we've got to come back. We're going to get into more of that idea in a few verses. But I wanted to mention that it says that he came into the south. This idea is into the south part of Canaan. So He's coming up from Egypt, and he's ending up in the south region of Canaan, which, of course, is Israel now. In verse 2, it says, And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hai. This is where I want to park a little bit. He came back to where he was before, where he was right in the first place. And he didn't just come back partway, he came back all the way. This is so, so important. I can't stress it enough. There are a lot of people who know that they're living in sin. They know that they're away from God. They know that they're not doing what's right. They know to come back, but they won't do it. Or they'll say, oh, I'm only going to come so far. You know what keeps you from coming back and doing what's right? Pride. It's our stinking pride that keeps us from getting back to where we ought to be. We know that the word Bethel is called the house of God. We know that Jacob is the one that names it that. But I believe Moses uses this name also to remind us where we need to get back to. We have to suck up our pride, suck up our egos when we have done what's wrong and we're away from God. We need to come back. I think of the prodigal son He came to the pig pen, and he turned and came home. So many of us, we do what's wrong. We make a wrong choice. We are away from God, and we don't come back. We stay wallowing in it. That's so sad. It's important to come back from wrong choices. You're always blessed by doing so. It's always the right choice to turn back. Here, it says in verse 4, and unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first and there Abram called on the name of the Lord you remember we talked about having a family altar have you gone away from having one have you stopped is it something you used to do in the past it's it's come back to that he came back to that place of the altar where he was right with the Lord he was doing what's right he was worshiping God like he should don't stay away I've talked to moms, single moms before that you have to have 
family worship on their own because they don't have a man in the home to lead it. And things get busy. They're working a lot. And then they have problems. Problems come up. And I tell them, are you having family worship? Are you having family devotion time? No, we got away from that. Well, get back at it. Then I talk to them a month later. Well, how's that going? Well, we had one. We can't do that. We've got to follow Abram's example here. He says, it says, which he had made there at the first. Come back to God. And it says here, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. I don't believe that Abraham, the whole time he was down in Egypt, never prayed. I, I don't believe that. But I do believe he didn't have a good walk with the Lord. He was away from God. I'm sure he wondered why he wasn't hearing from God, why he wasn't getting direction. He gets back to where he's supposed to be, and he calls on the name of the Lord publicly. I believe his whole family, as we saw in verse 1, they're all with him. He, his wife, all that he had, and Lot with him, all of them knew Abraham was admitting he had made a mistake, and it was time to call upon the Lord. They saw in Abraham a change where he came back, and that's important to do. We have to make the choices to do what's right when we've made a mistake. We have to suck it up and get back to where we ought to be. And it says here in verse 5, And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. So God was blessing Abraham not only spiritually, but he was blessing him materially. And Lot was also being blessed by this. And he just being around Abraham, he's being blessed. And they're just increasing more and more. We know at some point, Abraham has 300 men of war to be able to go with him. So he's got a lot of people. This is not Lot's men. He had 300 himself that was able to go and fight. So this is a lot of people. Now, when it says that the land could not bear them. It's not saying that if you're thinking of Israel as in it's all barren and they can't fit in that land. No, it's not that idea. There's Canaanites in there. There's, it says here in verse 7, and it says that the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. So these people had cities and towns and villages. And so Abraham and Lot, they're having to live in between these areas. So, okay, here's an area that's not uh, somebody else's, so we live there. They're having to push their way into places, and there wasn't room then. And so it says that the land was not able to bear them. It's not that this was an empty, desolate area. So they could not dwell together anymore, and there was strife between the herdmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And I believe, you know, they they find a place for their cattle, and so Abraham's workers, they set up there, and then Lot's workers are like, where are we supposed to go? There's a town on that side, a town on that side. What are we supposed to do? And at the next place, you know, they move a little bit more, and and. Lots of herdmen, they find a good spot. And then Abraham herdmen say, where are we supposed to go? We can't go into town with all of our stuff. That's, here, that's what's happening um, here. And in verse 8, it says, And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we 
be brethren. There's a verse that says, how good is it for brethren to dwell together in unity? This is important to Abraham. He doesn't want to have a problem. And we're going to see that Abraham is offers to lose money and lose wealth over keeping unity and keeping a harmony between family. When it, when we say unity, it's not that he and Lot are business partners, no partners or anything. No, it's just that he doesn't want a problem in in the family. And that's this is a good example for us to follow. I can tell you of countless people that I've talked to that maybe at an inheritance time, you know, of grandmother dies and they think they need to get this or they need to get that and they get upset and, oh, my brother took everything. It's not worth the strife over. Who gives us everything anyways? God does. So if God wants us to have it, we're going to have it. It doesn't matter. It God is the one that supplies our need. So why would we get upset and and fight with family over money. And yet that happens all the time, sadly happens all the time. You, you know it. You know, great uncle dies with a lot of wealth, and we're not mourning at the funeral for him. No, we're mourning because we're not getting what our cousin Joe is getting. How sad. And families can be completely divided over money, over things, you know, houses left, and I thought I was going to get this or that. That's not how Abraham was, and I'm thankful for his example. And I do try and seek that. I, I don't at all try and seek anything from some inheritance that might be passed down. No way. I'm so thankful for my husband who doesn't think in that way at all. He always thinks, how can I help? How can I give? It's the opposite attitude. I believe that's exactly Abraham's attitude here. He's like, okay, we have a problem. How can I help you? through this problem. He doesn't uh, say, how can I get rich through this? No, how can I help Lot? And it says here, is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Now, in common terms, if you're having an inheritance and you really wanted that Mustang that was being left by Grandpa Joe, no, you say to your cousin, you want the Mustang? I'll take the junky Ford. If you want the Ford, I'll take the Mustang. I'm just joking, making up junky Ford, you know. The, I, was, I know a Mustang is a Ford, but I'm saying the junkier one, if you know what I mean. But that's the point. Abraham's saying, you want that? You take it. I'll take the, oh, that's fine. I'll take that. Anything that you get from inheritance is wonderful. So that's how you have to look at it there. And it says in verse 10, And Lot lift up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as, as thou comest unto Zoar. So when we see this area that they're looking at right now, that Lot's envying over, when we see that area today, it is desolate. It's the last thing from green and plush. But what happened between the time that Lot is looking at it and now? God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So there's fire and brimstone. They, they, do, um, they do studies there, and they've done a lot of digs there. And they say the catastrophic event that happened there was worse than the 
atomic bomb that went over top of Hiroshima. So this whole land was destroyed. How does it describe it now? It's saying it was like the Garden of the Lord. What's that? The Garden of Eden. That's how wonderfully beautiful this area was. I, I tell you what, I've been there. It doesn't look like that now. It's dry and desolate. And you think, what? What did you see there? Oh, it looked totally different than that. Um, also, if you think of this, the uh, Rift Valley, you know, goes through Israel all the way down to Africa. That was created at the flood time. This is not that long after that. So the Dead Sea is full of salt and and doesn't do well for uh, flourishing and, or anything. You know, pe- animals don't live in the Dead Sea that well or anything because it's so full of salt. But that wasn't the case at this time. You think, why is the Dead Sea so salty? Because there's no outlet. But this is a short time after the flood. I don't believe that it was what well, we know. It, this is 4,000 years ago. The amount of salt that's in there now is way more than what was back then. And Zoar was a town right on the south end of the Dead Sea. And it says, you know, it's, it's as thou comest to Zoar. He looks over, and this is a plush town, I'm sure, thriving in business. It wasn't that Abraham and Lot just lived in their tents and didn't do anything. How did they accumulate wealth? They did that by commerce. They sold their cows and bought their, you know, different things. They, they were making money. It wasn't like they lived unto themselves. So I'm sure Lot had been in this town before. He had done business, and he's like, this is the area I want to go. And selfishly, he makes a bad choice. As we go into our next lesson, we're going to talk about the consequences of making, making bad choices. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us today. Help us not to be pushing each other out of the way for our things and what we want. Help us to know that everything comes from you. You're the supplier of everything we have. I thank you for that, and I thank you most of all for Christ. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may he greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following his word.